Hello, how are you doing? I'm Craig Parkinson. You are listening to the Two Shot Podcast. Sit yourself down, pop the kettle on. We're going to have a nice old chat. Who's it with this week? I'm going to tell you right now. It's Thursday, it's the podcast, I'm here, you're here, and Tom Bennett is here, the wonderful Tom Bennett. Uh, More of that in a sec. How are you? How has your week been? Um, Mine has been eventful. Uh, The other day I was shoveling a load of food into my stupid face because I was starving and I was rushing. I bit my bloody tongue at the side and I tell you... It really hurts. So if you're wondering why Craig sounded a little bit odd this week, it's because I keep having to swallow because talking is hard when you've got like a bit of a broken tongue. I feel like I broke my tongue. You You can't break your tongue, can you? Anyway, that's what it feels like, but I'm sure it's going to get better. Of course it is. Um, Tom Bennett this week. Now, look, you're going to know Tom from all sorts of stuff. He did a brilliant show on Channel 4 called Phone Shop. He was in the David Brent movie. He was in Love and Friendship. He's done work with Christopher Guest. And more importantly, he's a really nice guy. Honestly, I'm not joking. You know when people say, oh, no, he's a lovely geezer. Oh, no, she's really lovely. There is no side to Tom. Tom is the genuine article. He's a really lovely guy. Can you hear me swallowing? It's my bloody tongue. Look, thanks so much for joining us and subscribing, and let's get down to it. This is episode 48 with the genuinely wonderful Mr. Tom Bennett. Enjoy, and I shall see you at the end. How's the babies? Good. Yeah? Busy. Mm-hmm. Three look, now. You don't look too tired. I feel all right. Yeah. We're both there. So we're we're both able to... I'm able to take the troublesome ones off Becky's hands. So she can focus on the so little... She, yeah, if she's feeling it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, we, we both pull in the same direction. And it makes it a bit easier. And I haven't had much work on. Which is, which is it sort of... Well, yeah, I have to look at it as a good thing because it means I've been there for the first, you know, two three months, which is a really important time. Yeah, I think. and actually, it's wor- it's worked out that I have been largely unemployed for the first two or three months of all my children's lives. So it's obviously it's meant to be. It's meant to happen that way. Long may it continue for the fourth and the fifth no, children. Three, so. <laughs> we're done. Three's a good number. Three's a great number. We're done. I was in Croydon a few weeks ago. Doing? Uh, yeah. 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 Tell me about Croydon. Oh, I love Croydon. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, allow- I'm allowed to both love Croydon and take the piss out of Croydon. Because I'm from Croydon. It's, it's a shithole, but it's my shithole. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I've, you know, I grew up in Croydon. It's funny with Croydon... Half the people from Croydon call it South London, and the other half of people from Croydon call it North Surrey. Do they? Yeah. Depending on where you want to place yourself in the social hierarchy. And so you... I always said South London. Oh, did you? Yeah. I, it, feel, it feels more like South London than North Surrey to me. Yeah. It, um, but, yeah, it's all, yeah, I love it. 
I like going back. I mean, I don't live there anymore, but I do like going back. You, what's your connection there? Mum and dad's still there? Mum and dad are still there, yeah. So they're still in the same house that I grew up in. So I, I get to go back to South Croydon, <laughs> which is actually the nice bit of Croydon. <laughs> That's the, funnily enough, it's the posh bit of Croydon. But yeah. And growing up in Croydon, was it just you, mum and dad? Me and my brother and my mum and dad. Is your brother older or younger? My brother's younger. By how much? By two years. So, yeah, we we went to the same primary school, secondary school. Um, Good relationship with your brother? Lovely. He's he's in a similar... He's behind the cameras. Oh, is he? So he's a cameraman and an editor and a director and a producer. Does lots of corporate work. Lives out in Dubai now. Does he now? Does he now, yeah. How's he found Dubai? I think he likes it. He, he, there's a lot of work out there for him. Right. And he's got a little family now. We're, it, try, we're trying to get him back. Was it the, the, was it the work that took him out I there? It was the work, mainly, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, trying to, we're trying to pull him back to get him to move to Brighton now. You're pulling everybody to Brighton. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I shouldn't be saying it. It's so good. I know, I love Brighton. It's my, my goddaughter, when she was very young... I was did a lot of growing up in Brighton, so I was I was down most weekends yeah. in Brighton. And f- considering I come from a seaside town and, yes. have, and have a bit of an aversion, well, you're a Blackpool, yeah, boy, aren't you? to seaside towns, you know, because yeah. there is that dark I underbelly. Find, yeah, no, I find lots of people who grew up in seaside towns can't abide the idea of moving to another seaside town. I, so I do get, yeah, I, I get that you've got a certain relationship to the sea yeah. and piers and the dark underbelly yeah. and the slightly seedy, grotty nature of it. Especially in the off-season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's, uh, there's something really fascinating about a seaside town in the off-season. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Like, it's incredible. Like, obviously, we've all seen seaside towns on-season where it's busy and bustling and it's stags and hens and it's people on the beach, but a, a small seaside town off-season is a fascinating glimpse into a into a certain part of Britain. Yeah. Which, which is... There is something quite dark and bleak and seedy about it. But it's also but unique. Fascinating and fa- yeah, and unique and fascinating. And the stories and the, the, the people that live there all year round have a different story to tell than the tourists. And we're always watching. We're always watching the people and trying to pick up the stories because yeah. that's what we do yeah because you, you're from a place that's full of tourists so there's nothing there's no other option but to stare at these people flitting through your life yeah and what did your parents do uh my dad's an actor was an is an actor was an actor but my dad my dad is a jack of all trades master of none in what respect in, in the so he started out as a set builder for stage did he and then he went to rada Came out of RADA. He was Billy Flynn in the West End in Chicago. Did did a few West End musicals. Then he earned a living playing a character called Mr. Bennett on an art program called Take Heart or Heartbeat. You see, I do know this. I'm just trying to get no, it. No, I there. know. Because <laughs> I, I love it. You love it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he was Mr. Bennett on Heartbeat. They they took a real punt with the character name, calling him Mr. Bennett. <laughs> And so he earned a good living tripping over in the back of shot and tipping paint over Tony Hart. We all love... People of a certain age, we all love Mr Bennett. There's a a certain demographic who hero-worship my dad. Yeah. 
uh, if you're outside that catchment area, you have no idea who my father is. But you're in that catchment area. Almost, it, it's it's a really lovely thing that people have such fond memories of my old man. Yeah. So yeah, he did he did he did that for years, and then he was Peter O'Toole's understudy for about ten years around here. You right. know, this sort of area. And actually, despite O'Toole's um, reputation, he went on. He was always on. So my dad just sat in his dressing room six nights a week and started writing. So then he was a writer. He had stuff produced on screen and telly. Then he became a producer, director. So he's done everything at a... At a functioning level, and raised a family on it for fifty years. Wow! And so I, I sort of grew up knowing nothing else. And my mum, my mum was a teacher and a very successful Amdram director in South London. So my mum was one of the go-to directors for the amateur dramatic societies. And so again, if they ever needed a young lad, it was me. Yeah. So I, I was either. I was either in the wings of theatres with my dad or in the wings of theatres waiting to go on to be Winthrop in The Music Man or <laughs> your Baby John in West Side Story. So it's sort of it's sort of all I know. Yeah. But, I, you know, never to any exceptional level. But, yeah, my, my dad's made a living out of it for 50 years. And to a certain type of person, he's... A bit of a legend. But to make a living for that long a Which time, you, I mean, yeah. people are struggling to you even know, you, get jobs. You and I know how tough this industry is. Yeah. And it is it is tough. And so, yeah, to to draw a line in the sand and say, I, I raised a family doing these things in this industry, different, different aspects of it and different points of the star. But, yeah, he... I, yeah, I'm very proud of him. You should be. I think it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. And your dad sounds so creative. If he wasn't doing that, he would be doing something yes, else. Yes, he, my dad... He's not just sat in the dressing room, uh, listening to Peter O'Toole or watching no. the telly. He's doing something. Yeah, no, he's a very... He wants to be doing... He's one of those people who wants to be doing something and needs to be doing something. And he's very good at throwing his intelligence and wit and will at something and making something happen. Um, yeah, he doesn't... I, I wish I had a bit more of that in me. Well, I was going to say, has that not been passed down from your dad? You'd think so. Yeah. There's something in me, there's some DNA that has been passed down from him, but it hasn't clicked in yet. I, you know, maybe that... I, you know, I've been quite fortunate in that... You know, I've been doing this for 13, 14 years, and I haven't had to get a proper job yet. So... In, 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 in bunny ears, yeah. a proper job. So, I guess I haven't, I haven't really had to test the waters elsewhere yet. I've, you know, I've just about hung on, just doing the acting. Um, but again, I can, I can sense it is inside me that I could probably have a pop at all these things and probably do all right at all these things and make a go of it. Yeah. Uh, in the same way that my dad did, but I just I just haven't needed to do it yet, which is amazing, which is good, but which is great. But there's te- there's there's downtime though, isn't there? There is downtime, and the downtime is I'm very good at downtime. I in, know lots of actors who aren't. In what respect? In that I I can I can sort of sit back 
th- throw the peace sign up and be very zen about it and go, well, that's all right. That you know, the universe is just giving me some time to chill out, right? Or in my case, look after three children. Exactly, you've got other priorities. There's, a, there's other things. There is. Uh, there are other things going on than work to me now. Yeah, you know, seven years ago, you, my, you know, the career is all encompassing. The moment you have children, the work becomes less important and more important at the same time. Because you need to be a provider, but yeah. you also need to look after yeah. this mom. Yeah, you need to provide for this set of people. And the way to provide is to go and do the work. Do the, do the pretending yeah. for a living. So, yeah, I'm quite good at balancing those two things and going, oh, okay, this is... You know, as I said, I through no... <laughs> no judgment, but I have usually been relatively unemployed during the first two months of each of my children's lives. And I will, you, no one will ever be able to take that away from me. And so it's quite lovely. So you, you sit back and relax and go, it's fine, I'm not working, because I get to spend all this time with this little bundle of joy who is currently thinking I'm the most incredible person on the planet. So... I, and you're there to capture those moments. And I'm moments. there to get it. I'm there to sit in front of this little bundle of joy and, yeah. and take it all in and suck it up and just be there. And yeah, you know, there will come a point where you think, right, I need to, I need to go and do some of that acting stuff now to you, buy nappies. But also sometimes for your own sanity. Yes. And, f- and for your own yeah. creativity. Because, yeah. you know, even though you say a lot of that, even though your dad was extraordinarily creative when he wasn't yeah. doing one thing, he was doing the other, you still have a, an output. Yeah. And you still need to do... There yes. is a need to do something. There is something. a need to do something. It's just... It, I, I, I'm quite fortunate, and it takes longer for me to need to do that than most other actors. So it doesn't drive me quite as insane as I think it does other actors. I think that's healthy. So it, it means it, it's another reason... You know, on top of my heritage, my mum and dad doing it, it's another thing that goes, yeah, I was meant to do this as a living. I was meant to do this as a job because there is something in my temperament that suits it. Yeah. The throwing your hands up in the air and going, okay, well, let's see. Let's see where the chips land. Because as actors, you you sort of have to... You're at the whim of someone else's choices and decisions and artistry. Yeah. And you either fit that role or you don't. And if you don't, you can't take it personally. You just have to walk away and go, have, okay. Have you always been quite good at that? You yeah. know, like if you come out of a room. Yeah. And you sense, yeah, I'm not. Well, it's just I, what will be. Will yeah, be. I, I've. I'm. And I, you know, I don't. It's not an arrogance, but I'm good at auditions. Like they don't, they don't cost me anything. They don't phase I don't, you. I don't carry them on. I don't carry the weight or pressure on my shoulders. I go into the room. I learn the words. I do it. Uh, I'm a, I'm a delight and a pleasure in the room. And I'll quite, you know, nine times out of ten, I walk out of the room and go, well, I, I won't get that. But we all had a good time. They thought I was good. Um, we we spent a, spent a pleasant twenty minutes together, and maybe the next thing there'll be something for me. So I've always been quite good at not getting jobs. 
which again is quite a useful which, thing to have in this yeah, profession because it happens because ninety percent, even as a relatively successful actor, ninety percent of the time you don't get the job, and so if if you're carrying that weight on your shoulders and it it's so important and it matters that you could you know you kill yourself you rip yourself up from the insides out well i've seen it i've heard yeah. it i'm sure you We've have all as well seen it and heard yeah. It. yeah so I, i'm i i'm quite fortunate in that i can fire and forget you know the moment i leave that room i forget that audition ever happened and you just take the sides or whatever it is straight in the recycle oh, yeah. they're yeah. gone in the recycling well, I, of course, I read all my scripts on an iPad now to save the planet one audition at a time. Tom Bennett, eco-warrior. Thank you. Take me back to school in South London. In Croydon, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, another, yeah, so, I w- my primary school, my mum taught at my primary school. Did she? Yeah. So that was a very, in- again, that was a very interesting, unusual set of circumstances that I didn't know any different from being taught by your mum is a strange thing but it's it was my first go at school so I didn't know how other kids did it I just happened to be taught my and actually it was it was fine yeah I was a I was a pretty good kid had she have taught you in uh secondary school it could have been possibly it could have been different it could have been a different story is it Richard Herring who his dad was his headmaster oh yeah see head I think headmaster is a it's a different, different kind of face. Yeah. It's a different level. Yeah. Um, is it, am I thinking right? I is think it, you, I, that rings a bell. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I had a great time at school. So I know it's, it's boring. No, it's not boring. But throughout school, but throughout. I enjoyed it. I, it's, the same, it's, the, it's the same thing. I just sort of enjoyed it and went, this is, this is, this is fine. I've got no... And did, you, did you throw yourself into it academically, or were you just there no, to enjoy? No, not necessarily. No, I, I was, again, I was sort of good enough at everything yeah. <laughs> to just get by. I, I probably could have... Worked harder. Worked harder. I, I think that's fairly consistent. Standard, yeah, <laughs> really. Um, but I, I had a great... I had a very nice time at school, and always did. And, you know, took part in all the school plays... I didn't take part so much in the sporting world. I wasn't naturally suited for it. No. But again, I worked that out pretty. I worked that out about ten. I went. I don't think. I, think I don't it, think I was meant to play football. Yeah, I so worked that out fine. before then. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, it's it's all right. I don't yeah. mind. <laughs> that's not my. That's I not can be me. mates with the footballers. That's fine. But I don't need to do it. And uh, rugby again. I had a couple of goes at it and thought. No, because I want to be an actor, so this moneymaker... <laughs> Tom circles hand with face. Yeah, circles very <laughs> average face with hand. But, you know, I, yeah, I didn't want to mess that up. Um, and you had, do you have drama on the curriculum? Yeah, yeah, drama Of course, you had, you're having the, 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 the amateur stuff outside with yeah. your mum. So I had loads of amateur stuff externally and stuff with my dad. But, yeah, I, I took part at school as well. In you know, it was one of those things where you do you. I took part in the first primary school production and got a good role and did pretty well. The audience seemed to enjoy it, and I went, "Oh, that was fun, wasn't it? That was good. I liked that." Was it the laughs, Tom? There was a degree of the laughs. Yeah, I, I, you know, you know, it's addic- It is addictive. Yeah, 
it's and it's a very it's a very lovely thing to get laughs and it's it's quite a powerful thing and uh the laughs were certainly came quite early and became quite important to you to me yeah i enjoyed i enjoyed the laughs cuz you know once you're constantly learning how to control mm. yeah the, you're almost like a conductor you're a conductor you get a sense of the you get a, you you can read a room you get yeah. a temp you have an internal gauge your timing is your and you it's not like you're honing it there is no choice but for it to go wash over you and go into you and you just inherit these things yeah but yeah the laughs are important and then you you do your next play and that goes well and everyone seems to like it then you do the next one and you're still doing the next one and the next one and the next one and still enjoying it why not carry on carry on which is kind of what i did knowing knowing wholeheartedly it was not an easy profession to go you know knowing more than anyone else yeah that it wasn't easy did your dad ever sit you down and and even though you probably knew that it you know yeah. it wasn't going to be an easy ride did I he think... ever sit you down and go look i'm fully supportive but look watch out for these pitfalls or yeah yeah did. i knew inherently and he didn't really... Again, it's that birds and the bees chat. He didn't really sit me down and have that conversation, but I knew it inherently. And he was he was supportive while saying, you know, some years we get to go to Disneyland, other years we have to eat jacket potatoes every day for a year. That is that is the life of an actor. Yeah. And you're either all right with that or you're not. And if you're not all right with that, think about doing something, something else, else where you get paid monthly... And you do your nine to five. And, and you, you do your nine home. to five. And you know how much money you're going to earn. So, yeah, I sort, I sort of... I was very, very fortunate in that I had this behind... I was able to... I knew what was behind the curtain. Yeah. Before I knew there was a curtain. Yeah. And I didn't have to learn it the hard way when I came out of drama school. Like, it didn't have to kick me in the arse once I got out. I knew it was going to be tough. But, as I say, whilst I was still able to do it, and it was I was still enjoying it, and it was still flowing. Why not? Yeah. Because um, I suppose at the end of the day, if if you're happy, then you're oh, going to throw yourself yeah. into your work, and you're going to do a good job. What's wrong no with ma- being happy? No matter right? how. No. Well, that's yeah. the, that's the why, only why thing. Why would isn't you it? do any? <laughs> why would you want to do anything else? But you know, because so many people do, don't they? Yeah. And we're very fortunate. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's a, it is a very, you know, I, I like being happy and I like doing something I love. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's shit being sad. It's horrible. It's really Why hard work. You, no, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. No. And I'm very lucky. I, you know, I get to do something. I get paid to do something, sometimes well, sometimes not, to do something that was a hobby to me for most of my life. Like I chose to do it for free because I loved it. Yeah. Now I get paid to do it. It's Isn't it funny bad. when you think about that and you go, God, we all used to do this for free. I know. And we loved it. And wait a minute, look at him over there moaning. What happened? About this. When, you, it's when the money entered into it, people started getting upset. And he's, getting, he's getting paid. How much is he getting? <laughs> him? <laughs> he still doesn't know the lines. <gasps> oh, but they've got him back, haven't they? And he's turned up like that. Good God. Have In you that seen state? what he's wearing? <laughs> So after secondary school, 
what was did you have a a plan i no yes yes and no i had the the plan at 10 was to be an actor yeah but what was the next step but the next after so secondary school? secondary school was sixth form college um and at sixth form college i made the very strange decision not to study drama or music or anything creative because in my head my lo- the logical side of my brain went right no you are going to do this but if if it doesn't happen why don't you get some actual qualifications that mean something you're going to do a plan b i had a plan b knowing that i wouldn't need it which is again seems <laughs> arrogant it's not arrogance it's just this not knowing anything else yeah it's a it's a very the the sands are always shifting but also there's a certain sense of stability from not knowing in a way that's quite a mature thing to do strangely that, mature at that age because you usually... overly think it i just went oh no i won't do drama because i want to do drama pro- i'll do drama properly at drama school so actually while i'm here still at school i'll just do some more subjects or having while still taking part in all the shows so the drama, the, I think lots of the drama students hated me because I wasn't studying it, but yeah. I was still getting the leads. You could still dip your toe in that while <laughs> spinning that other yeah. plate over there. I'd just like turn up and audition and get like pretty good roles, even though I wasn't taking the course. So I think that it might well have rubbed people up the wrong way, but so be it. So what? That's the, that's the industry. Yeah. You're either good enough to do it or you're not. <laughs> So yeah, I did, I got some normal qualifications that I've never needed, and then they're there in the bottom drawer. They're done. <laughs> some A levels. <laughs> I don't know what they're written anymore. Prove it. Yeah, uh, I did it. Tell, tell me I haven't got them because <laughs> um, I can't find them to prove I have. And then I th- and do you, my dad gave me very good advice. He was he was on the Rada panel at the time, so he would audition people. Uh, occasionally and he said don't go straight to drama school take a couple of years out get a proper job see what the real world is like get the life experience get the life experience in bunny years yeah put a bit of cash behind you because you'll need that yeah and so I took I didn't I didn't go I didn't rush straight into drama school I took two years out I sold leather furniture for a year in Croydon, in Croydon, at the on Pearly Way, uh, at World of Leather, before it went bankrupt, it went into liquidation. Still waiting for <laughs> any money I'm due. So I sold leather furniture for a year, and I worked at a corporate entertainment agency for a year, just as a you know general office dog's body. Yeah. Um, all the while knowing that I was going to go to drama school. So what were you now? Twenty one. So now, when I went to drama school, I was twenty one. I started drama school at. 21. Yeah. 2021. Did you... Where did you go? I went to Guildford. I auditioned. I auditioned... Like, this is so typical of my life. I auditioned for Rada and Guildford because they were the two places uh, my dad talked about because he taught at both of them. Right. And not wishing to make life difficult for myself, I went, oh, I've heard of both of them. Let's... I'll go for them. Uh, I didn't get into Rada. They... Apparently told my dad I was too young, which is fine because I got into Guildford, and again had three of the best years of my life. 
just really just loving it. And I met my wife. Oh, you met her at drama yeah. school. So it was met again. I, you was- know, you, I do. I you. I throw, I'm happy to throw my hands in the air and go. What will be will be because it seems to have touch wood worked out so far. Is your mum and dad are they? Is your mum and dad quite like that? Look. Yes, it's, it's, we it's are. In, very, it's in the lap of the gods. We we my family have always thrown our hands in the air uh, and said what will be will be if it's meant to be it will be because uh, my mum and dad well, I had a big sister and she died when she was five or six and I was one right and you know I now have a five year old daughter and the thought of losing her could crush and so my mum and dad sort of had had to say to themselves that's horrible but there has to have been a reason for it wow and i'm and so i'm very lucky that they took that that road that path and passed it down and passed it down and so for all of these reasons i have a very zen like outlook on the world and going into an industry and obviously it comes up all the time especially on the podcast an industry that we have zero Mm. control over no control apart from obviously the power of saying no i'm I'm not setting up your own podcast or setting up your own podcast as some genius (laughs) men do um it's very healthy just throw your hands up in the air and do what will be or will be. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it, you're one of the only people we've had on who are so rooted in that. Yeah. It, it's, it's just I don't know any different. It was, it was inherent in me. It was passed down in my DNA through my mum and my dad. And to have a tragedy like that hit you... I think there are there. It feels like there probably are two choices, and they they took they took. I'm not saying it's the right or the wrong path, but they took that path and they passed that down to me, and it served me very well in this industry that yeah. I've chosen or has chosen yeah. me. Um, How incredible that your mum and dad. Yeah. Oh, there. Uh, I I don't I don't know how they did it. I, I can honestly now say... I have, I, I now I have children. Yeah, I don't... I wouldn't be able to... I, I, don't, I don't know think how I, they did it, but I'm so very grateful that they did do it that way. But, yeah, we're, we're very... We, we're, we're quite... We're quite hard to shock or throw off or miss foot because we, we, we don't know... What, my dad still doesn't know what he wants to be when he grows up. But he's obviously got incredible strength. He must have. Mate, yeah. And your mum. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, it's, it's, they're, in, they're both incredible people. And, yeah, they're, they're a huge part of... Obviously, they're a huge part of who I am. Yeah. So the three years... Three years at drama school, yeah. And I met my wife in the first year. And we got together at the end of the first year or the beginning of the second year. And that was it. And that was it. Again, <laughs> it just people. Lot, lots of people just assume I am very lucky. Don't get like I. I acknowledge I'm lucky. Yeah, I'm very lucky, and I acknowledge it, and I thank my lucky stars every day. Don't 
Because so many people don't. Yeah, know please Tom. don't think I don't acknowledge it. Yeah, or, and 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 I'm hugely grateful for it. But yeah, I met the woman <laughs> I was meant to spend the rest of my life with at 21, and now, however many years later, 17, we have three beautiful kids. And we live know. in a lovely part of the world, and I still manage to hold on. <laughs> and scrape a living doing what something that I wanted to do since I was 10. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. And was it a, a quite a steady three years or were there any sort of rocky times? Because, you, you know, they're, they're not designed, but sometimes they do want to try and... Yeah, they want to the test you. and test. Well, I, I think I was, I've heard absolute horror stories about other about other drama schools that I think are probably much more hardcore than Guildford. Because Guildford, yeah. by and large, is a tits and teeth musical theatre. You know, it's it's better known for its musical theatre graduates than, yeah. its, than its acting graduates. I think it's me and Beppe from EastEnders and Gabby Roslin. So, you know, that that's my alumni. So I don't think Guildford tries quite as hard to break you as some other schools like to. But at the same time, I, I don't. I'm not sure if it would have broken me, or they could have, because I sort of just I like doing it too much. Yeah. And if someone tried to spoil my enjoyment of doing it, I would just I'd just turn my back and go, "Oh, do you fucking get on with it yourself?" <laughs> like it doesn't need to be this hard. It's just pretending. What do you find hard? You know, like if you're on a job and. There's certain difficulties. How do you deal with those? I, I've, I've, I've made quite a good career in the in the vaguely semi-improvised comedic area. Yeah, that's where my natural fit. That's where I fit naturally, and I've been fortunate enough to work with good, really good people mm-hmm. who have allowed, who have given me a little bit of rope to hang yeah. myself with. Yeah. Um, when when i what i struggle with is when i get onto a job and i do the first words of that first scene and then the continuity person comes over and said oh it's ha- it's actually it's actually they are not there then my arsehole clenches up and i go oh, oh no i'm in oh shit i'm in trouble here if they if they're pulling me up on they um, are's and theirs this early this is going to be a long okay, job i have to go back to the, i I won't be drinking in the bar tonight. I will be going back to the hotel and I'll be looking at my words. If if that is what you want and if that is what the director really wants, I will have to go back and put a bit more work in. Um, whereas what I, I'm naturally better if it's a bit looser and vaguely comedic. Yeah. Like I, I, I prefer it and I, I have, when it I is have a, va- a bit more advantage in comedy than I do straight. I think I'm a bit better at comedic acting than I am straight acting. But it is a very natural place for you. Yeah. To be. It is, it does. What I've always admired about your, not to put it into a thing, but it is, your comedic acting, I've always found it very natural. Yeah. And it's you're not trying. No, to... I, I I try not to try. Like that yeah, is it. Well, is that's, I, the, I that's one not, of the keys. I do try not to try. I, I try and enjoy it. I try and make it fun. I don't want to stress over it. I don't want it to be hard for anybody. 
And um, you want to, you strike me as someone who wants to enjoy it for you. Yeah, yeah. I want everyone to, I want everyone on that set to enjoy working with me. Yeah. Because I think that's that's important as well. Yeah. We we know there are thousands of actors who are assholes and still work an awful lot because they're that damn good. That's fine. If you're not that damn good, you better make sure you're a fucking delight on set. Yeah. I am. So it's good. I carry on working because everyone has fun. I've worked with you twice. I can vouch for that. It's all right, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's really good. Yeah. And we'll all and we'll go back to the hotel afterwards and we'll have a few drinks. Yeah. Because it shouldn't, it shouldn't. Again, it shouldn't be harder than that, and that is due to the fact that my career has gone in this vaguely comedic direction. So I don't have to dredge up these emotions. I don't have to access this dark past, which I don't really have to access anyway. Um, <laughs> I don't know. A bit in Croydon. Well, Croydon is a Croydon in itself is a dark past. Um, but yes, yeah, so you know the the work I do generally doesn't mean I have to dredge up these emotions and anxieties and angst and uh, darkness and power and emote I get to trip over in the back of shop and stumble through words the banana skin is always yeah. the best well I don't you see that's the genius I don't need a banana skin <laughs> it's true that's the secret <laughs> Shh. do you ever feel anything is missing I mean you're, I know you're very very happy and you feel very lucky would you ever go? Uh. It's, it's a that's a it's a tricky one because again, my family are very good at going. We're lucky, aren't we? Yeah. This is great. And why try and make it? Why why burden yourself? Why burden yourself by going? Oh, if only if only I had that. Because by the time you get that, your bra- if you're that sort of person, your brain's then by the time you've got that, your brain's already going. Well, I got that. And it wasn't as great as I thought it was going to be. Because it never if is. If only I had that. Yeah. And you looked at the next thing. And where does that? When does and it that? Doesn't, that doesn't stop. It doesn't. It just. It turns you into. A, you just self-digesting yourself constantly. So I don't. I. I try and. I don't think so. I'd like to work more. I always. I because I love working, not through any seeking of fame or fortune, or the, lack of any. Or lack of any. Yeah. I. You know, the fame and the fortune bit has never been. Has always been a side, uh, you know, a byproduct of the work. Yeah, but you can never go into it with that. If you ever go into it in that mindset, and and I'd, things like that do worry me nowadays because of. I mean, look, we're in a golden age of television. Yeah. You know, the the scripts that are coming, yes. the the actors, the directors, the producers stuff. are the some of the best it can possibly mm. be. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, we've got a lot of. Horrible reality, reality programs. Programs that look. There's there's a time and a place for that. Well, I, say, I, I nothing for me, but I worry for the younger generation. I do, I do. I worry for my children. You know, yeah. Warhol said, "We'll all get our five minutes of fame," which is fine. But it does feel like now we're now we're in an age where literally everyone gets has been like almost anyone you see on a tv program now a reality tv program has been on another reality tv program and now now they're famous because they were on three reality tv programs and i don't i don't know i 
we are. We're from a different age. We're, yeah. we're older men. We do sound old, don't we? We do sound old. That's because we are. We are old. I'm all right. I'm, I'm happy with that. Again, I'm all right with yeah. that. Um, yes, I do worry. I worry... Because I remember that... I remember, you know, they used to ask schoolgirls what they wanted to be when they grow up. And there was a period where they, they aspired to be a wag. And I thought that was very sad. But now it's not even aspiring to be a thing. It's just they want to be famous. Which I find... And then you say, well, what do you want... What what would you like to be famous for? I, I, I don't care. I just want to be famous. It's like, you have no idea. I find that not only sad, but quite worrying. Really worrying. Why do you just want to... And it's because they see them falling out of the right clubs, in the right clothes, getting out of the right car with the right... Short skirt on, with the right, or... With the right the thing on your arm. And yeah. You know, you get to go to all the nightclubs for free and you get paid to go on holiday because your Instagram account warrants enough hits for you to get paid to show what makeup you've put on today. I don't know what it means. And it, do- when it doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. No, and I, you know, I, I'm not a father who can tell my children what a proper job is. No. Can... They they haven't got a clue what a proper job is because their mum and dad are both freelancers, so we're there quite a lot. Or I'm not there for a long time, but they don't really understand what a proper nine to five job is. But that's all right because they understand the, the, and they certainly will understand. Yes, about what you do and you, yes, you're creative. And you know what? I might have been away for a few weeks then, but now I'm around for two months. Mm. So I was always there exactly, as a dad. Which is exactly the trade-off, which is, that's a nice trade-off. It is a really nice trade-off. And if I'm lucky enough, so yeah, if I'm lucky enough to work in the States for two months, that two months working in the States... Is paying for the means six months. I, ...means I can come home and be unemployed for six months yeah. if I want to be. Yeah. And live by the beach and take my children to the beach and have picnics and barbecues and... Lee, Lee lead a, a very nice lifestyle. Not, you know, we're not rich, but we live a nice, we live a very nice lifestyle because we don't splash our money. You know, when I'm lucky enough to earn money, I use it sensibly. I save it or I invest it and I'm not silly with it. I don't know how long I've owned these jeans and these trainers I've got on and this these crappy sunglasses, but I don't, I don't really have to buy stuff all the time. It's not needed. There's more important stuff going on. Well, in your case, a lot of nappies at the moment. Nappies, mainly nappies. Which are very expensive. Really expensive. Size twos and five pluses uh, at the moment are what I'm getting through at a rate of knots. But again, I like changing nappies. (laughs) Like, there's... Because I know lots of dads... Who will never get to change nappies. Because they're not there. Because they're not there, and that yeah. makes me sad. And so I have no problem being... My, my, my wife doesn't like poo. That's fine. I'm all right with it. Yeah. So I'll change the nappies. Because you're, you've done far more impressive things than change nappies. Which I'll never be able like to do. Like create life yeah. in your tummy and feed them from your boobies. Yeah. I can't do that. So the least I can do is change every single nappy if I get the chance. Which you are, because you're probably around quite yeah. a lot. Well, I get to be around. Do you think, Tom, the, 
ever come a point, and I think I probably know the answer anyway, that you go, yeah, I've just, I've had enough. I'm going to... Yeah, what exactly? What's the end of that sentence? Yeah. What, I don't know what that thing is that would be the better thing than me not working. Because, 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 because your just, state of happiness... My state of happiness... My, my job is very important to my happiness. Yeah, of course. Because I love my job. You know, I didn't grow up wanting to be a footballer. I grew up wanting to be an actor, and I am. And as I've said, I don't, I don't make life hard for myself. I enjoy the job, I enjoy the work, I enjoy the process. And also it's hard enough anyway without yeah. you adding to it. Yeah. So, I d- yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what the thing would be for me to go, actually, do you know what? I've done with this doing the words and pretending for a living. I'm going to go off and become a butcher, baker, candlestick maker. Like, I don't... There don't see them anymore, do you? Not not many. When was the last time you went into a candle maker's shop? Well, actually, you live somewhere there's probably candle making shops, and so do I, if we live anywhere. Yeah, that's true. In fact... I know, yeah, I do you know, know a couple you know of where it shops. is exactly. Yeah. So I can, you know, I could make a living there. But yeah, in answer to your beautiful question, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there is. It would it would only be if it ever started to wear on me or cost me anything or if I carried it in my soul harder, you know. And I don't, you know, I don't want anyone thinking I don't care about my job. I love my job. Oh, I know you like, care more it's than like a lot a, of people. It's like if you threw a, if you threw a stick for a dog. Don't think that dog doesn't care about the stick. He just really fucking loves chasing sticks. It's not. I love this. It's not that I don't care about it, and it's not that I'm not. I'm really passionate, and I really care about it. But it's my job, and I love my job. And so throw that stick and I'll go and get it and I'll be a good boy and I'll return puffing and panting and I'll want you to throw the stick again. I get cross if there's not someone throwing a stick for me. Tom Bennett, thank you so much for coming on. That was brilliant. Be on my grave. (laughs) I get cross if someone doesn't throw a stick for me. What a prick. What did I say? I told you, didn't I? I said Tom is the real deal. What a lovely, lovely fella. And Tom, if you're listening, thanks so much for taking time to come on the podcast, come into Soho and have a cup of tea and a natter. I really appreciate it. And I also appreciate you listening and subscribing. It really means the world. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I hope it put a spring in your step for this Thursday or whenever you listen, because that is the brilliant thing about podcasts you pick them up whenever you like and right now if you've just joined us there is 48 episodes for you to go back and listen to whenever you like so my tongue i tell you it's ridiculous uh what next next week is episode 49 and we are joined by the infectious Mr. Jimmy Akambola, I think you're going to love it. So until next week, thanks for joining us. I've been Craig Parkinson. He's been producer Griff. And this has been the Two Shot Podcast. Take care of yourself. See ya. 
Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music, is courtesy of Then Thickens. Cheers. <laughs>